Support for the Things Above podcast, hosted by James Brian Smith, comes from the Apprentice Institute for Christian Spiritual Formation at Friends University, whose mission is to provide spiritually transforming educational experiences for churches and individuals seeking a radiant, joyful, Christ-centered life. Learn more by visiting ApprenticeInstitute.org. I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things About Podcast. You're listening to episode 106. If you missed a pilot episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, Colossians 3.1. Set your minds and your hearts on things above. Setting our minds on Good, beautiful, true thoughts, uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts isn't easy. And that's why we do the podcast, to provide for you and for me in each episode a thought from above that we can dwell on so that our hearts will be warmed and we can become epiphanies of grace. Today's thought from above is this. Jesus lives to pray for you. Over the past several episodes, episodes 101, 103, and 104, I've been examining the powerful truths that come from the fact that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Just a quick refresher, this podcast is called Things Above, which means that we are to set our minds on things above, and Paul writes in Colossians 3, 1, 2, Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So what does that mean, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God? Does being seated at the right hand of God have any impact on my life and yours? And why should we set our minds on this? In episode 101, I show that Jesus being seated means that he has completed, and that rhymes, doesn't it? Jesus is seated because he's completed a work, namely, something that is revealing to us what God is like. That's what he has done. He completed the work of showing us what God the Father is exactly like. And the answer is, God is exactly like Jesus. So, we're called to think about this, to set our minds on this. And for me, that means contemplating the reality that when we see what Jesus did and what he said, he healed, he forgave, he loved, he had compassion— I can look at all of that and say, this is what God is like. And that sets my mind on things above. In episode 103, I focused on another aspect of Jesus being seated, namely that he is in a place of power, specifically that Jesus is running the universe. He's holding all things together, including you and me. I mean, what a thought from above that is. Jesus is holding together the entire galaxy, including you and me and everyone we love. In episode 104, I talked about how Jesus being seated is related to something else he completed. There it is again, seated because completed. Namely, the taking away of the sins of the world. Now here's a thought. Jesus forgave all your sins and mine, past, present, and future, in his single, glorious, powerful death. So, God is exactly like Jesus. Jesus is holding everything together. Jesus has forgiven all of our sins. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. Our sins, 
not in part, but the whole. He has nailed to the cross, and we bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And so, I want to add another glorious thought related to Jesus being seated at the right hand of God. And this one comes also from the epistle to the Hebrews I've been reading from, Hebrews 7, 25-8-2, which reads, So Jesus is able, for all time, to save those who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Now, the main point in what we're saying is this, we have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister in the sanctuary and the true tent that the Lord, and not any mortal, has set up. Wow, there's such good stuff in that section, Hebrews 7, 25 to 8, 2, if you want to look it up for yourself. Jesus is able to save for all time those who approach God. He does that. That's what I've been talking about. But then this line, since he always lives to make intercession for them. This is what the one who is seated does. He prays. He prays for us. Jesus lives to pray for us. Jesus is praying for you always. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that is a mind-blowing thought from above. But how does it apply to our lives? For me, it means that my prayers are perfected by Jesus. So, for example, when you and I pray, as we're called to do, as we are privileged to do, we can rest in the blessed assurance that Jesus is praying for us and praying with us and is making our prayers perfect. That takes the pressure off us, doesn't it? I don't have to get my prayer exactly right. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got about prayer was from my mentor, Dallas Willard, who said, talk to God about what you want. And I said, well, but Dallas, I mean, if, if I do that, aren't my prayers just going to be really selfish? And Dallas said, God will work that out with you. It is far better to be honest and pray about what you really want than to pretend to ask for things you're really not interested in. And that kind of hit me because, you know, I had done some of those prayer practices where you're supposed to be praying for other parts of the world and other missionaries and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But if I don't know anybody in those parts of the world, or and I don't know who those people are, it's a little bit different. I can pray for it, but it's not right in the center of my heart. So when Dallas said that, it was very freeing for me. It set me free to talk to God about what I was actually really concerned about. So, I mean, if I'm, if I'm praying for a sick friend, I've got a friend who's sick, and that's on my mind and heart, and I pray for that person. I don't have to wrestle with, you know, how, how do I ask God to do this? How will I say the prayer in such a way that it, it'll make God do it? You know, how, how do I pray that, that we'll get the best answer? That pressure was off. I don't have to wrestle with God or how to make him do what I want to do. I can just ask. And if I'm praying about a ministry project, right, something that maybe I'm working on or a friend of mine is working on, I don't have to try and figure out, you know, how God wants me to pray about it. I can just ask. And I ask knowing that Jesus is praying with and for me. The best understanding of how powerful this 
thought from above is that Jesus lives to pray for us. The best understanding I've ever read comes from the great theologian Thomas Torrance. And this is what he wrote about this thought from above. At the end of the day, when I kneel down and say my evening prayer, I know that no prayer of my own that I can offer to the Heavenly Father is worthy of Him. But all my prayer is made in the name of Jesus Christ alone as I rest in His vicarious prayer. It is then with utter peace and joy that I take into my mouth the Lord's Prayer, which I am invited to pray through Jesus Christ, with Him and in Him to God the Father. For in that prayer, my poor, faltering, sinful prayer is not allowed to fall to the ground, but is gathered up and presented to the Father in holy and eternally prevailing form. Wow. I just, that is such a beautiful idea that my poor, faltering, sinful prayers, the the prayers that I offer, sometimes they're misguided and selfish. But Jesus takes them. He doesn't let them fall to the ground, but he gathers them up and he presents them to the Father in holy and eternally prevailing form. Thank you, Thomas Torrance, from his wonderful book, The Mediation of Christ. I mean, that is such a profound idea and so freeing to know that when I pray, the privilege that prayer is, I can just be like a child. Jesus said to be like children to enter the kingdom and just say, God, this is what I want. And Jesus is there praying with me and for me, and he's taking my prayers and perfecting them. And it fills me with such peace and confidence and joy that Torrance talked about. Jesus is seated because Jesus is interceding. Jesus is praying for you and for me. And that is an eternally prevailing thought from above. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I hope you join me next week for episode 107. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast at ApprenticeInstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above.